You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In love, He has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Our lesson for today is the lesson that we read earlier from 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll begin with a prayer. May the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You're probably familiar with the scene. It starts off so beautiful, precious, innocent. You have husband and wife blessed with a child. They cradle that child into their arms, newborn as it is, and he's perfect. Just so perfect in every way to them, just what they were asking for. The Lord has blessed them with this wonderful gift and they take care of Him and they cradle Him and they feed Him and clothe Him and train Him and sure enough, they share the Bible stories with this young child already starting with the little books when they're six months old and nine months old and a year old, those Bibles, thick Bible stories where they can move the pages or they can grab the pages and they have the story of Jesus and they can point to the picture and say, Jesus. And they tell the message about Jesus and this little young faith begins to grow. It's been he's been baptized. He grows and he continues to grow in faith and they nurture that faith and feed that faith and the reaches five years old and seven years old and now in school and nine and eleven and all of a sudden there's contact with more with the outside the home world. Now they're away from home for several hours of the day and other people are having an impact and contact with this young heart. And the challenges start to come to their Christian faith. And it's not always so easy to live that Christian faith as they maybe once did in their sheltered Christian home. Yes, there's still sin involved in the Christian home. But now the faith challenges start to come and especially now getting into the 7th grade, 8th grade, 10th grade, 12th grade years of challenges to the Christian faith and living out the high school years. Those who are their friends, maybe even Christian friends, don't always act as Christians in their actions carrying it out. Those who are, maybe even their friends from church, don't always speak in a way that you'd say, that's the way a Christian talks. And the faith gets challenged. And then they move into college. And you want to talk about one of the most challenging times in a person's life for their Christian faith? It's college because you are bombarded with teachings and uh, philosophies and mindsets that are very much anti what a person has been growing up with in the words of God. It's a time when many are lost 
in the Christian faith, from the Christian faith. And the challenges come. And as they get older and now on their own, still more challenges building up, attacks on the Christian faith of that person that started off so innocent, young, so strong with that baptismal faith, and now it's attacked. Peter is addressing people who are challenged to live their Christian faith. Are they going to do it or not? Are they going to live that Christian faith in the face of this opposition, the face of attacks that are going to be coming, and they will come many at a time? Do they have to fear living that Christian faith? And his encouragement to them and to you and to me today, don't be afraid to live your faith. Don't be afraid to live this Christian faith in which God has brought you and sealed you as His very own and He's given you His life-giving Spirit in your heart and He's brought that faith that grasps and holds on to Him as Savior. Don't be afraid to live that faith. Well, it's good to throw that out there. Now what do we do about it? Well, we listen to Peter because he's addressing people who are in the same boat as you and I. And he's addressing them with the challenges that they face too. And you listen to him, how he starts off here. And I want you, as I listen to list these very first verses, see if in your own mind you can pick out three different ways they're going to be challenged. In these first verses, see if you can listen and say, there's one, there's one, and there's another. He says... If you'd like to follow along, it's on page 7 of your folders. He says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. What were the three? Did you pick them out? Three ways the Christian faith is going to be attacked. Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason to the hope that you have. The challenge that these Christians were facing and you and I face too, why do you believe what you believe at all? The attack of Christian faith is, do you really believe that? The earth, young earth, not millions and billions, do you really believe that? That it was created by this heavenly being? Attack. Give the reason for the hope that you have. How do you know where you're going when you die? How can you be certain? What's the reason? Give the reason for the hope that you have. The attack, another one that you saw there, those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ. 
You're such a goody two-shoes, aren't you? Don't be such a stick in the mud. Don't be such a, a square. Don't be somebody who's so uptight. Live a little bit. But that's sin against my God. And He tells me it's wrong. He tells me He doesn't want me to do that or say that or think that. Maliciously attacking for your good behavior. And finally, you notice the other one, the very last one. It is God's will to suffer, you suffer for doing good than for doing evil. They may slander and trash your name and you may suffer simply by doing the will of God. Being honest in work, doing the will of God. Being one who looks out for someone else, it may cause you some problems. It may bring suffering. These Christians that Peter was addressing in Asia Minor were experiencing what you and I experience today too, suffering simply because they were Christian people. Their faith was under attack. Their actions were being challenged. Their name was being dragged through the mud. And people were shunning them or getting separated from them and didn't really want to be around them because they were Christian, simply because they lived their Christian life and faith. Did they have a reason to be afraid, to live that faith? They could solve the problem real easily, couldn't they? They could easily solve the problem. What do you think the problem could be solved? Bury it. Hide it. Put it so far down away, this Christian faith, that they'll never even know it exists there. Blend in totally. Try to keep it secret. Try to live it in a secret way so it really doesn't affect anybody and they really don't know. But faith that is hidden is weakening. Faith was given to grow and to live and to be expressed. Confidence in your Savior and your relationship with Him is there to be lived out in the open. It's easy to bury it away. But you bury it away and you kill it. You destroy it. And finally, it can be gone. And Peter says, don't give up. Don't be afraid of living your faith. Good encouragement, because this other alternative isn't going to work to do that, to bury it away, to hide it away, because it's going to kill it off. And he's called me to live it op openly and outwardly, and impacting others. I need more than just go get them, guys. I need something more than that. And what does he say again? Listen to what he said again. As he said in our lesson, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. 
Another translation, always set apart Christ as Lord. Well, how do you go about doing that? How is that going to be it? Setting apart Christ as Lord. What is that going to do for me not being afraid of living my Christian faith? Well, listen again. Listen to what Peter tells us again. For, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. What does that setting apart Christ as Lord have to do with not being afraid of my Christian faith? What does this have to do with Jesus suffering the righteous one for the unrighteous? It has to do with everything. This is the one who's the holy one, the holy one of God. You just sang about it to him 377. Luther's wonderful hymn that walks through the plan of salvation of how God goes into action for his people, the unrighteous taken care of by the righteous, the unholy, the imperfect, the sinners, the ones who have messed up before God, who have buried their Christian faith at times when it's been challenged, who've wanted to hide it away and who have hid it away. The ones who haven't lived their life openly and honestly and outwardly and letting that faith flow but instead feared and cowered away in locked rooms of their heart just like those disciples. The righteous one for such people as the unrighteous like me and like you. To bring you to God. That brought me to Him because everything I had done had kept me away from him. My sin completely built a brick wall between me and my God. The one that I have to answer to was so separated from me, I could never see him. I could never walk into his presence. The righteous, the holy Jesus lived in perfect faith for me to bring me to his Father to bring you to Him. To set apart Jesus as Lord means to recognize Him as Savior. If you want to live your Christian faith and not be afraid of it, you go back to remembering, I have one who brought me to, into the presence of my God. Everybody else who ridicules means nothing. In fact, you even listen to what Peter describes here. What else did Jesus do? He said to us, after being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. First of all, he said he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. You get what that's talking about. As the exalted Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do, the risen Christ do? This is talking about what you confess, and you're going to confess it later in the service coming up. He descended into hell, not to suffer, not to fight the devil, not to try to win people over again, but to proclaim victory. 
Alive, he proclaimed victory through the streets, the main street of hell, saying, I beat you, Satan, and now I'm going to show myself alive, victorious to those who've been waiting to see me alive again after three days, but I've defeated you. He proclaimed to those spirits in prison, saying, I have won. Don't be afraid to live your faith. You have a Savior. You go back to Him. You have a conqueror. He beat the hell out of death, didn't He? Death is not hell for me anymore. He beat it out of it so that now death is heaven. He defeated the devil and his spirits and those who challenge and who oppose and who fight against him and his people. So when your faith is challenged, who is challenging you? A loser, somebody who's lost. They've been defeated already by your Jesus who went and proclaimed, I beat him, I won, I'm victorious, a conqueror. And then Peter says this, who has gone into heaven and is as God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. This is the one who is now seated in the heavenly realms with everything at His feet. All authority is under Him. Nothing moves or exists without His permission. Nobody goes into action without Him letting them do that. This is the one who rules every hour, minute, second of your life for you. He's ruling in control. He's your king who's crowned victorious and who's constantly ruling for his people. Do you see what this did for those Christian people at Peter's day? who are tempted to give up their Christian faith, who are afraid of living that faith. Don't be afraid, Peter was telling them. You have Savior on your side. You have the conqueror on your side. You have the ruler on your side. You don't have to be afraid of any part of living your faith. The Spirit worked confidence in your heart leads you to live it with an attitude that says, absolutely. I can, I will, and I do. As you face challenges in your faith, and you do face them, and you will face them, and probably you can even think in your own mind right now if somehow your faith has been challenged this past week or past month, somebody has kind of put it to a little bit of a test of what you've grown as certain and truthful and know as fact and it was put to a test. Don't be afraid to live it. You don't have to fear. The Savior who substituted Himself for my weak faith and lived it in confidence is the same one who's conquered. He's been your victor, your king. He is now your ruler in heaven over all things. And so when God calls on us to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have, to live our Christian faith, how are you going to do it? 
set apart Jesus Christ as your Lord. There's the confidence we need to never, ever be afraid to live our faith. Amen. Please stand. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.